The 2022 midterms are just around the corner and there's already a lot of chatter about them. So I wanna dive into the specifics today. The midterms are always an important topic, but it seems like these 2022 ones are getting a lot more focus than others. One of the reasons is there seems to be this new Republican party kind of emerging that is more Trumpist. And so while Trump lost to Joe Biden in 2020, there is a big question about if his movement and a lot of these candidates who support him are going to prevail. And if a lot of people who are kind of known as the Trump Republicans end up winning in 2022, that's a good sign that Trump will be more powerful and more likely to win in 2024 himself. And also as the country gets more and more polarized, midterms are going to become significantly more important than in the past because as voters, you're gonna feel the effect more dramatically of when the other party is in power. So for example, a lot of these very dramatic actions we're seeing state governments take in regard to LGBTQ people, if that became the agenda of the National Republican Party and they were in power, you're gonna feel that as a country. And that's something that's going to shock people, I think a lot more than other times uh, in history when the opposing party was in power. And so when you're more afraid of the other party being in power, you're obviously gonna be more passionate about the results of something like a midterm. And the other reason why I think these midterms are really important and are garnering a lot of focus is that there was a very big push to get Democrats in office over the last few years. In 2018, they won the House. 2020, obviously Joe Biden won the presidency. And then that special election in Georgia gave the Democrats by the thinnest margin possible the Senate. And so all of that was done, but these midterms are important because very likely the Democrats are going to lose at least the House or the Senate. And because Joe Biden hasn't done in the eyes of, I think, most Democratic voters enough, if he does end up losing the House or Senate, he's going to be stuck. Obviously, Republicans are not going to work with him to get more done. And that's effectively the end of his presidency as far as making notable change. So that's why there is a lot of eyes on these midterms. Now let's dive into the specifics of how it's looking for either party. So the big phrase that you're pretty much hearing from everyone is the Democrats are gonna get slammed and Republicans are gonna win a bunch. And as I previously mentioned, I do think there's some truth to the fact that Democrats are likely to lose at least the House or Senate. In both of those, they have a very thin margin. And so all Republicans have to do is win a few seats and then they're in the majority. We're gonna talk about why there's an expectation that Democrats are gonna lose big. After we look at the specifics of how it's looking for either party, we will go through why the Democrats are likely to lose. So first, let's take a look at the Senate. Cook Political Report lays this out nicely. So there are 35 seats that are up for re-election, and that's what's going to decide who is in power. There's 14 seats that are up for re-election that Democrats currently hold, and then 21 seats that Republicans currently hold that are up for re-election. And then when you break that down into either solidly Republican or Democrat, leaning Republican or Democrat, or a pure toss-up, you can see as laid out in this graphic that there's 16 solid Republicans and nine solid Democrats. So those are, we're not even gonna look at those. And then the ones that are more up for grabs, you have three leaning Republicans, one leaning Democrat, and then one more likely Democrat, and then five that are pure toss-ups. Obviously a lean Republican or a lean Democrat, I think the likely Democrats are, we'll put those in the secured category, but the leaning both could, I think, be taken by the other party. And the toss-ups are the ones that we're watching the most closely and are obviously going to decide who's in power in the Senate. Because this video can't go on forever, I'm only gonna walk through the specifics, the names of 
who those toss-up races are, but I am going to link this in the description below. So feel free to go through and check out um, these charts and stuff that I'm showing you today. So first we're gonna look at the toss-up seats that are currently held by Democrats. So you can see on this chart, uh, Kelly from Arizona is defending his seat and it's close. Warnock from Georgia who just got in and then Cortez Masto from Nevada. So obviously if you do the math in your head, if Democrats lose one of the seats that they currently hold, that's a toss up. That means they're going to have to win in the next chart. We're going to look at one of the seats that Republicans currently hold, but is a toss up. So as a reminder, it's 50 50 split right now. Kamala is the tie breaking vote. So all Republicans have to do is take one seat and defend their other seats. And then obviously if Democrats just defend all their seats or lose one, take one, you know what I'm saying, then they'll stay in power. So of the three, we just looked at Kelly Warnock and Cortez Masto. I think Kelly is going to be able to pull it through. That's my guess based on polling right now. Warnock, it's going to be a tough race. He was behind in the poll I was looking at. And same thing with Cortez Masto. So I think Cortez Masto and Warnock are both very, very close races that Democrats could end up losing. Personally, I'm really hoping that both of them win because I want Democrats to stay in power, but Warnock especially, I really hope he doesn't lose. And now taking a look at the toss-up races that Republicans currently hold. In Pennsylvania, the primary is still going on, so we don't know which Republican is going to run in that race. I do think the person who's likely to be the Democratic nominee, Fetterman, is going to be a very strong candidate and could win that race. And then in Wisconsin, Ron Johnson is defending his seat. So Ron Johnson is pretty unpopular, but I think he could hold that seat. And then as I mentioned, I do think Fetterman, he's the Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania, running for Senate, likely to be the Democratic nominee, has a really good chance of being able to win. And if he can do that, then it will be okay for Democrats to lose one of those Warnock or Cortez Masto seats or possibly Kelly. But you can see now with something as important as who's in power in the Senate, why this is such an interesting midterm election because a lot of those toss-ups could really go either way and it probably is going to come down to those five toss-ups that we just laid out so that is the senate and we're going to be watching all of those races very closely i do think the democrats have a chance of holding it next let's dive into the house because there are so many more seats in the house to deal with in these elections we're not going to be able to break it down as specifically as that we'll take a look at a prediction from race to the white house and obviously you can find tons of predictions about the likelihood that either party will win the house and right now as of april 11th they have it at Democrats 38.58% that they'll win and Republicans at 61.43% that they'll win the House. And I think I largely agree with that. Republicans do have a pretty good chance of taking power in the House just based on the specifics of a lot of the races that are happening. But if Democrats could do a number of things from now to the midterms, they still have an opportunity to keep power, but it's not looking great for them. And just if you're curious, we're not going to look at the names, but there are 24 seats that they identify as toss-up seats, and those are the ones that are likely going to decide this election. Okay, so in my mind, the most likely scenario as of now is that Republicans take the House, but Democrats keep the Senate with a really thin margin. But either way, if the Republicans get either or both, it's going to completely bring the Democrats' agenda to a halt if it wasn't already <laughs> at a halt. That brings us into so recently after a terrible optical loss for the Republicans, the insurrection, and all of Donald Trump's election lies. How is it that the Democratic Party is still likely to lose in the House or Senate? 
I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but after the insurrection, people were saying this is the end of the Republican Party as we know it. Democrats are going to be in power for decades before the Republican Party figure out what they're going to do because they've gone completely to hell. But then they bounced back combined with a lot of the Democrats mess ups. And somehow we're here in 2022 talking about the Republicans taking power again. Talk about the elements that are causing that to be the case. So I think it breaks down into five primary categories. The first is the normal midterm swing that happens in most midterm elections where whoever won the White House, the opposite party takes power in the House or Senate. The second, I think, is the lack of action from the Democrats. And this is not, by the way, in order of importance or significance. I really don't know which one is affecting people more. I do think Biden ran on some big change and he just hasn't gotten it done. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, I think, are much to blame for that. I mean, his Build Back Better plan, which was extremely popular and definitely would have helped the Democrats in these midterms, got completely killed by Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. But also Biden is to blame for that as well, because you're supposed to, whenever you promise things on the campaign trail, once you get in power, go out and fight for them. And he has not fought hard enough. He's not campaigned against them. He's not gone out, used his massive megaphone to attack them and force them into supporting these things. If Democrats got in office and were able to pass the originally proposed or something close to it, build back better, I think we'd be in a very different place right now. I mean, people would have free childcare, community college, Medicare expansion to dental, hearing, and vision. They'd still have that child tax credit and many other things, which people feel those things. And that will motivate them to want to keep you in power. But whenever they just don't see much improvement, they're not motivated to go out and vote for you. And that's an important point. While there is is a number of people who will go either Republican or Democrat and based on the actions of either party they might swing back and forth. A lot of the results of these elections come down to the motivation of your voters and so it's not that people saw the Democrats not acting enough and go okay now I'm gonna vote for the Republicans. A lot of people just see Democrats not doing much and decide, okay, I'm not really going to go out and vote because I'm not that motivated to keep them in power. So that would be the second, lack of action for the Democrats. The third and fourth are kind of attached, but third is inflation. As we've talked about, that is really not something you can blame on Joe Biden and the Democrats. We were in an economic recession. The pandemic caused it naturally all the governments in the world pretty much were having to go into overdrive spending to hold up their economies. Also, there were a bunch of supply chain issues caused and a bunch of elements like that are going to naturally cause inflation to rise. But people are definitely feeling that wages are not keeping up with inflation. And so when you're economically in pain from something like inflation, you're less likely to favor the party that's in power. And fourth is gas prices. And I would encourage you so I don't have to get into it all right now. If you haven't watched my video on gas prices, go check it out. It's pretty recently in my channel. It's called Is Joe Biden to Blame for High Gas Prices? And the conclusion I get to is no, but there is a lot of valuable information in that video just about what is causing high gas prices. But again, most people haven't looked into the nitty gritty of what really is causing gas prices and is it really Joe Biden? There's just a perception. Joe Biden has caused high gas prices and the Democrats, you know, are to blame for that. And so because people are definitely feeling the pain of those prices, they are likely to have a distaste for Democrats for that. And fifth, the Republican created culture wars. So we talked about the lack of action from Democrats 
causing their voters to be less motivated to go out to vote because again a lot of this has to do with voter turnout this factor has a lot to do with getting republican voters to turn out and so as we've seen over the last couple of years republicans are pulling all these crazy big culture war issues out of their butts and now every republican parent is concerned about their kids are being brainwashed to be gay ah. or critical race theory is being taught in all these elementary schools and kids are learning that they suck for being white and blah 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 blah. you get the point those things do a really good job of motivating republicans to go out and vote and so I think because they've struck on a few issues that for some reason really motivate conservative voters, they're going to see a very activated base and that is going to help them in these races. So those five factors, the natural swing from one party to the other in midterms, the lack of action from Democrats, inflation, gas prices, and the culture war issues, I think are the reason that Democrats are going to have a hard time in these midterm elections. Here's what else you need to know today. A man in Brooklyn was wearing a gas mask, set off a canister of smoke on a subway train, and then open fired, shooting 10 people. He is still at large. Luckily though, no one was killed. Vladimir Putin comes out and says peace talks have hit a dead end and vows that the war will go on. Obviously not what we wanted to hear. The Lieutenant Governor of New York has been arrested for conspiring to commit bribery while he was a state senator. And finally, the March inflation report shows an 8.5% price increase since last year, which is significant and painful to Americans. Be well, everybody.